And we are back with another Black Widow Cream podcast. New episode every single Wednesday and Sunday. I'm your host, Ben Haggerty, a.k.a. Ben Real Verse World. And today's guest is Morgan Cooper, an insanely talented director, DP, and writer who took the internet by storm with his viral spec trailer, putting a modern spin on the classic show Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Shortly after that, he followed it up with an amazing short film titled You Shoot Videos, telling the story of an aspiring filmmaker struggling to make it, which again went massively viral and impacted filmmakers all over the world. This interview is hands down one of the best we have ever done. Morgan is incredibly knowledgeable in all aspects of filmmaking and gives us a behind the scenes look into some of his biggest projects to date. Some of the things that we talk about in this episode are his early filmmaking days in his hometown of Kansas City shooting local music videos and weddings while also working as a photo assistant to try to survive financially. The importance he placed on shooting spec work on the side of his career as a commercial DP, which eventually provided him with the stepping stone to transition into directing and writing. Getting to meet Will Smith after his Bel Air short film Caught Like Wildfire and the massive turn in his career that came from it, like getting signed to the agency CAA as a writer and director. The moment when a guy named Moji reached out to Morgan to work on set and ended up telling him a real life story that forced Morgan to drop everything and make the short film You Shoot Videos. His future plans to create more films and long form content and so much more. He dives into the value of focusing on your portfolio over money, the importance he places on creating things with intention and the power of providing opportunity for the city you come from. I recommend that you sit down and take notes for this one, but if this is your first time tuning the podcast, you are probably wondering, what the fuck is Black With No Cream? Great question. Black Window Cream is the illest educational resource for content creators fueled by caffeine. Or at least I take my coffee, Black Window Cream, but you can drink or not drink whatever caffeine you fuck with and still be a part of our community. We have thousands of members from all around the world working together by sharing content, asking for feedback, passing tips and tricks along to one another with the goal of pushing each other to become the best motherfucking content creators on earth. And you can join our private group if you want to by going to bwnc.com slash join. We would love to fucking have you. Please join. All right, that's it. Enjoy the work week. Keep creating. Make sure to tune in every single Wednesday and Sunday for a new Black Window Cream podcast episode. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because every review helps this platform grow and reach new creators, which helps us continue to create this content every single day for you guys. Um, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Black Window Cream. Subscribe to us on YouTube to access all of our educational content and share this episode out with someone who needs it if you think it, it's helpful. You know what I'm saying? Um, and without further ado, I bring to you my episode with Morgan Cooper in the most epic podcast intro ever created right motherfucking now. Attention. If you stop this podcast recording at any time, you will die. I don't want to die. Do you want to live? Yeah. You have 24 hours to share this podcast with five people or you will die. I'm kidding. You won't die. You're just weak shit for not sharing. And the winner of the best motherfucking podcast goes to... Goes to... Black with no cream. What do you think? It's so fucking dumb and so fucking Ben Haggerty. I knew you'd say that. Hey, we're back. The podcast is here. Morgan Cooper in the motherfucking building. Thanks for having me, bro. No, no, thank you for coming through, bro. You are a living legend right now. I don't know if you know this, but I got to tell you, straight out the gate, do you shoot videos? Do, <laughs> do, I shoot, do you shoot videos? <laughs> do you right? shoot videos, man? No, classy, I, man. I, I tripped on that video, obviously, like everyone else in this filmmaking world is like going crazy on Vimeo. Someone posted it in our, in our group, actually. They shared it. They're like, yo, you got to check this out. And I clicked on it. At first, I thought it was some random person, like their work. I'm like, okay, man, this thing's like 30-some minutes. I started playing it, and the, just the beginning scene, I was like, yeah, I've been there. 
Drop the Pelican case. Yeah. Yep. Had to carry all that <laughs> shit down the stairs. And I was blown away, bro. Like, Thank you. I, I literally came here. To, I had so much stuff to do that day. And I just tuned in for like 40 minutes and just didn't look at my phone. Didn't do it. I was just watching. I was like mesmerized because the way you made that entire film blew my mind, bro. Yeah. It was so, so good. And then for the end to find out like this is based on a true story and all this stuff. That was incredible, man. Thank you so much, bro. Yeah, really. That's a project just come, you know, really from the heart, you know, and just to, uh, to let people know um, that is it's a, really a shared experience of a lot of a lot of us who who got our start in music videos who right. are doing music videos uh, and just kind of finding their journey in the industry and you know that's that's how I got started man was was that kid dropping the pelican case actually down that stairwell because a little bit of of a fact of that is you know Moji's apartment right in that that was actually my first apartment. Damn, are you serious? Yeah, so I dropped stuff down that exact same staircase. Ah, yo, that's like the illest part about this world that we're in is that you can literally do that. And like that might, that fact might not come across. Obviously, people aren't going to know, but I would assume it's based on your experience. But for you to go back and really recreate that, that's the illest shit ever. Yeah, it was, it was really surreal. It was like a really crazy 360 moment because, you know, that's, that was my first apartment out of high school, you know, and, you know, there were a lot of uh, uh, sleepless nights just trying to like pay my rent and survive. And so to come back, uh, you know, years, years later right. to to film those moments in there, when we're looking for a location for Moji's apartment, I was like, I want a place that looked like my old place. And I kept telling my producer that, and he's like, what was your old address? And so I gave my address in, in, in South Kansas City and he hit them up. He's like, oh yeah, like it's taken care of. We're actually gonna film in that space. And I, it was so <laughs> surreal, bro. It was unbelievable. That's so sick. Very cathartic, yeah. Damn. Um, We'll get in. I want to get into that more, but like I, I really want to like to get to where you are for people. I'll, I'll address it in the intro. Sure. But could you kind of shed light on like what you've been up to the last few years doing this professionally? Like, if, you, if people might not know what you shoot videos is, go on. Like, what what would you consider yourself out here as a creator? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, prior to this year, I was working as a DP, so I was shooting commercials, uh, and um, I wanted to pivot into writing, directing. So I was taking money I was making from commercials and pumping them into my own spec projects, my own shorts. And uh, a short that I I made uh, that we released in March, it was called Bel Air, mm-hmm. went viral, and that was a chance for me to officially pivot into writing and directing. So I signed with CAA as a writer director, and right out from that, yeah, right from that. Ew. And so uh, that allowed me to um, to make the pivot, and I'm really really thankful. I'm really thankful for my foundation as a DP, and you know, prior to that, working as like a one man band in right. these music videos, and it all really started with you know a Canon T2i that I bought on my 18th birthday. Yeah, you know, I spent every dollar I had on that thing. Right. Right, you know, right. the freezing cold my pops loaned me extra 100 and, yeah. and really you know made a career from that little T2I wow so. it's so sick that like okay so having having watched you shoot videos right that comes out then I'm looking you up cause I'm like who the hell did this shit like this is so good find the Bel Air thing then it all clicks and makes sense I'm like damn he did that back then and I remember that taking over a wave everyone went crazy about that piece right just like three minutes three and a half minutes was yeah it? three and a half minutes but it was done so well, like Thank so you. high end, so well. And it was like, yeah, this is like a fan piece or this is like a recreation or whatever. And everyone starts sharing it around. You finally watch it. And it's just done so, so well. But it's like another level of art because to what's amazing about that, there was no one behind that, right? Right. That was yeah. just you on your own dime trying to make something, right? Yeah, man. Like that's the, that's, I feel like starts, people get away, like lose touch with, uh, especially when you get out here and you start finding your niche, you may become DP doing music videos and you're doing music, 300 music videos in a year, consistently working as a DP. And eventually you kind of lose track of going out and creating for yourself. Right. You know what I mean? And the fact that you went out and created for yourself just changed your career. 
Absolutely, man. Well, you know, I, I kind of became disillusioned when I was working as a DP because, you know, I wanted to to pivot from commercials to features, you know, mm-hmm. narrative content and TV. But like the, the stuff that would come across my desk, the scripts weren't stuff that uh, that I wanted to show, I wasn't really interested in the material. It was really hard to find good material with substance, you uh-huh. know, and st- stuff that I really uh, felt like I had something to contribute. And so I started writing. I was yeah. like, you know what, I'm just gonna make it. It's like, I- I've got a really great foundation as a DP in terms of like the photography side of it. Yeah. And uh, from a storytelling side, you know, I really wanted to to push myself and test myself like as a writer and mm. like as, you know, a director as well. And so I just started writing and, and saying, you know what, like, I'm just gonna go out and do it myself. Like I can't, I can't wait forever to like get this stuff to come across my desk. So I got to make it. Right. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. can wait forever, but you know it's probably not gonna come across your desk. So you, you got to get out there and put your money where your mouth is. Really, you know. How long do you feel like? How, how long have you actually been properly writing? Like really, really investing into writing? When did that start for you? Yeah, man. So it started with a project a shot called Room Tone. It okay. was like my, my first short. Yeah. You know that I did, and it's it's a very very simple like slice of life story about a sound guy. You know, in, in Kansas City. And uh, I watched and I thought that I low key thought it was a joke where at first it started and you go, all right, room tone. And then they held and I was like, is this, is this it for 15 minutes? Like if they do that, that's like the illest, that's the illest video. <laughs> I literally skipped forward real quick just to double check and then I watched, but it's a great film. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. And you know, it's, if you've seen it, it's real, real simple, yeah. you know, and, and you know, I really feel like I've really grown since then as a writer and as a storyteller and pushing myself. And that's what it's all about. You know, it's, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, I, yeah. with everything I do, I just want to continue to raise the bar every time and just get a little bit better every time I pick up the camera. And that, that's really the goal. So for the past two years is when I've really started taking interest and started right. to hone that, that side of my craft. So. It, it, all of your pieces, narrative wise, feel very, very, why is Siri just like listening to me? I'm like, <laughs> stop doing that. Uh, they all feel very, very like, real like there's something real about it in the sense of like you take a normal like the jobs that aren't always glorified right like a sound man and this person just you in their own zone sitting down has a dream and this and that does their job very well but you make it feel like i'm there and i've experienced that or i know what that's like and a lot of people don't look towards that and you can turn that into a 13 minute piece that someone will want to watch the entire thing and live through that person's point of view for a little bit just to get an understanding of it or you shoot videos being from a kid that's just grinding it out by themselves everything seems to have like a, a huge chunk of realism in it absolutely um, man that's something that's really really important to me i think <clears throat> what is the best storytelling is just expressing myself authentically like all these people i feel like that's the through line of my work is like in one way or another a big part of me is in it and the people in my life are in these stories right. and so you know room tone for example you know, very, very simple film. It was based off a guy I was working with. He's a sound guy in my community who I was in Kansas City when I was working there as a DP. He was a guy who I'd work with named Larry. Yeah. And just experiencing him and the conversations we had and his passion for music and, you know, ex-musician. And, you know, I, I remember like, you know, he was literally doing room tone and the entire idea hit me at once. I was like, oh, I'm gonna tell Larry's story, you know? Damn. It, it, that's how it happened. Damn. So I, I think that's really why people feel it is because it is coming from an authentic place. I'm not pulling this stuff out the sky. It's like, these are real situations and, and people that are in my life, you know? Right, that's so. incredible, man. I Going from like where you are right now in this position and it coming from this, like I feel so much of it from the Midwest. Yeah, you know bro. what I mean? Being yeah. from Midwest, I'm like five hours from Kansas City. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So seeing it and seeing you take it there, like the projects that you bring, you're bringing stuff to Kansas City. You're like, like made, you had made mob in your stuff. And I, yeah. I watched that and like my homie Sky had sent me so much made stuff when I was on tour. And I'm like, oh shit, like, 
that's so ill. Like, I know you know Maybach. Yeah, I know those guys. Like, like I, they would send me stuff early, early when I was with Schoolboy Q and stuff. And they oh. sent me, yeah, I have all kinds of made stuff. That's so dope, ridiculous. man. Shout out all them cats, man. Mark, all them, man. But love you them. bring, you show love to that. You really show love to the city and like what the city is and the people that like the 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 best part about the Midwest is the Midwest dreamers, in my Absolutely. opinion. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much power in these individuals that are kind of stuck in this spot that's like an island to them just because we're so far from it. That's it, right. The dream, you know? You're so right, man. There's so much talent that comes out the Midwest. I mean, I mean you're, you're a testament to that. You really are. And I know so many people who are working on the coast, you know, from Kansas City, from these places in the Midwest. But I think the next level, the next level is like bringing the talent back and making sure like we build industry in the Midwest. Yeah. It's not just like all of these people transplanting and, and leaving mm. and succeeding out here and then that's it. You right. see what I'm saying? And watch repeat with the next generation. It's like, what can we do to like build that's where cool. we're from? You know, and that's something that's really important to me. And I see like the next part of my career is to build industry in my in my city. Cause right. my, my city's got some talent. Bro. Yeah. So much talent. And they just need an outlet. They need infrastructure. And like I want to be able to provide that, you know. So. Do you, I mean, having done a couple, how many shoots have you done in Kansas City? Like going back, after you've left Kansas City, going back, how, how often have you been there? Um, not as often as I'd like. You know, I went and shot You Shoot videos. Right. Uh, let's see, we shot You Shoot videos the first week of July is when we did that. Oh, okay, word. And uh, we shot in four days. Damn, that was in four days? We shot all that in four nice. days, man. Yeah. Um, Jesus. And Cover some ground. Yeah, we, we did, man. <laughs> yeah, we, we, a lot of pages to shoot, but we got it done. So, uh, yeah, and unfortunately, I haven't been able to shoot anything since then. But being, being there, like, during those four days, were you able to provide, like, you hire locally, I would imagine? We did. Most, most of the people were hired locally? All local. Everyone yeah. was local. Except for uh, our lead, Denzel Whitaker. <laughs> all the talent, Kansas City, all the crew, Kansas City, Denzel Whitaker came from uh, L.A. To, right. to join us on it, so. Was did you find opportunity to like maybe outside of people who do it for the job? Maybe there's there's uh, grip and electric people that do that professionally. But were you offering opportunities to you know inspiring creatives that were had known about you or anything like that? Were you able to give pe put people on in that way? Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, there was a lot of a lot of youngsters that came on the shoot just to learn. You know what I mean? Learn to get their hands yeah get in the get, step in the playground. You know, which is important. You know, I, I feel like uh, that's where it all starts is for them to be able to like see these things in action it's one thing to like watch the piece but like how do they make it but like to be on set and to get that hands-on experience right. and, and learn I, I think it's invaluable and so we were able to find opportunities to bring a lot of these youngsters in Kansas City like on this project for them to right. learn so that's so sick I feel like I remember like growing up at, I mean I, I was so there's it's so limited right and I just remember like Field of Dreams <laughs> yeah. was shot like 50 minutes from me you know what I mean no, it yeah. was yeah the, the Yankees are playing there Damn, next bro. year I think like wow. they're coming back and playing a game and building a, a stadium around it it's so crazy but like going you drive by I drive by it all the time when I go snowboard and you just drive by it on the highway and I'm like oh that's cool like but to think like damn a, mo a whole movie production was shot there that's but you I'm don't right. understand what that means you're just like it's it that's Hollywood kinda it right. came here and right. that's inspiring to know that it was here and then to like Twister was like the other film it was like all over the Midwest but like yeah, yeah, yeah. that was it like that was the only thing that would be like uh, inspirational but for you to come back and put on a production in your city to go back to your original apartment like just like for someone to tag along and see that experience or now look at it and, and maybe they weren't a part of your production right? but there's someone that's in your shoes five years ago that's looking at 
the fact that you were on that bridge like every day they drive to their job right. and they pass the bridge and they see the shot where you did you know wherever you shot someone there or they see whatever any of those shots that are from your film like man he really did that you know and then to, to look you up and find all this information that's so inspiring to me yeah thank you fam thank you and that's what it's really really all about is because like once again it's like i, I didn't start off you know in some glamorous position as a filmmaker i mean it was yeah <laughs> it was like like yes. literally t2i like you know the, the trap house like shooting a music video mm -hmm. like that was like where we started you know and so like to to see some of the young cats um it's kind of like what J what did jay-z say like he went through that so hopefully he ain't got to go through that yeah. like you know i, I really i want to be in a position to where like you know, a young black man, black woman who's, you know, 18 years old can come out of school and like have an opportunity to like step into a production, uh, you know, with some infrastructure. Right. You know what I mean, they don't have to bump their head like I bump my head. I bump my head a lot. Man, you see what tell I'm me saying? about it. it I'm sure, I'm <laughs> sure a lot of the experience I've had, shared experiences that yeah. you've had as well. And a lot of people in your community of just like trying to figure it out with no plan, no schooling or anything right. like that. Literally just trying to like get better every single yeah. day. And so to be able to provide opportunities and to let them know that, hey, like I did it, it's possible. Like right. you can do this. You yeah, know I, mean? I, I was you yesterday. Like you can do this. Like that means everything to me, bro. It's like right. if if all we do, fam, is just make stuff and like it doesn't extend beyond that. We're not encouraging or inspiring anyone to like make something meaningful and actionable for them to like further their experience. Like right. as a creative, then like we're not really doing anything. Well, but, and the best part about it to me, and can you scoot closer? To the oh mic yeah, yeah, of course. So people hear you. Yeah. HD quality, yeah, yeah, my bad, my bad. Uh, HD audio. <laughs> um, <laughs> this, is, this is a cool family. Yeah, this is okay, great. Thank cool. you. Uh, but to have like to also create the the way you push your stories from real life into your work. You know what I mean? To share it's not one thing to like just go shoot for some brand or shoot for with some celebrity or something like that, but to tell a real story out of it. Yeah. That's like the most meaningful the the boxing one you did. Uh it was, was invitation. A, was that a music video? Yeah, yeah, so Which is so sick cuz you just like hide a music video in this short film. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Thank you, bro. But like just that, like the you feel all of that. That feels it's no different than me watching the shit with uh um what's his name with uh what the fuck is it <laughs> what's the the boxing movie that came huh not Rocky the other one oh Creed Creed it's like you made a miniature version of that that feels so real when we watch a movie like Creed and and he's, they're literally made to make us feel emotional and feel us feel like we're ready to go like we want to watch in January one so we feel like we're gonna be legends all 2020 you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, but like you, you really impact that but you tell stories like you see someone going through it and with their family watching them and, and the, the the was his brother his son yeah yeah his like, brother and his son you yeah. know what I mean it's like feeling like you, there's real realness in that it, and that just I don't know I don't know it just transcends so well to a viewer I, like especially when I was watching you, you shoot videos and I think this this has plays a big part into why it made so much sense for all these creators to like to like see it resonate and share it and be like oh my god it's because you watch it and as I'm watching I'm just like oh yep been there damn <laughs> yeah. been there don't do it don't text don't say yes to the rate yeah. you know what I mean like yep. Yep. you see all this stuff it's just so tough but like alright so go back to um, you said you got your camera in, when you were 18? Yeah, yeah. So prior to 18, like, what was your childhood like? Like, what, you know, when did early, early things adapt into you being creative, like through family and friends or whatever, or was what yeah. was childhood like for you? Yeah, man, uh, you know, very, very modest uh, upbringing. You know, um, no real creatives in my family. Uh, you know, just hardworking people. Right. Um, but at the same time, I always felt like I, I had a net towards... Uh, creative things you know I was always interested in art and you know at a really early age I was drawing and stuff like that but 
uh, I didn't really know this was a career, uh, honestly, until after high school. Like, yeah. I didn't come out even when I bought my camera. I didn't really know what I wanted to do with it. All I knew is that, you know, I wasn't gonna work at Price Chopper, you know, and- What's that? <laughs> it, it's like a grocery store. Oh, okay, you right. Know, I wasn't gonna, you know, do that. Like, I wanted to make a living with my art. Right. Um, in one way or another, and, uh, it, and my goal was really just buy this camera and figure it out. But yeah, growing up, man, uh, I loved films. Like, that was something that was really important to me. And like, all the films that I grew up watching, you know, I think of like Juice. Mm. You know, that was, yeah. that, that was like the first time like I like really saw craft when I watched Juice and I saw Ernest Dickerson do his thing through that film and see Pac on screen and, and Omar Epps. I was like, whoa, there's, I didn't know what it was, but I really, that was the first time like I like saw craft in filmmaking. I'm mm. like, I'm feeling something here. Like there's something about the way he's capturing that it's making me feel this way. I don't know why I like, so that, that kind of piqued my interest. Yeah. That was like kind of a, a gateway. And I, and later, you know, I learned that, you know, Ernie was the guy who shot Ernest Dickerson, the, who directed Juice. He, he shot all of, uh, you know, Spike's early films, like Do the Right Thing. I did not know that. Yeah, Malcolm X, like that was Ernest Dickerson. And so, you know, coming full circle in this, like he started out as a cameraman, ended up as a director and a storyteller from that <laughs> standpoint. And that's something yeah. that was, that's been my career trajectory as well, which is really, really cool. So uh, seeing er Ernest Dickerson's early work and Spike's early work right. and, and like Shaft, like that's the shit we watched. Yeah. Like was like Shaft in Africa, I'm gonna get you sucker, like Menace to Society, like that's right. what, uh, set it off. Like that's what we watched. And so like I really belly, you know, I, I feel in all the music videos, of course, that we grew up yeah, on, right? Yeah, yeah. So all of that stuff growing up, uh, I, I think has been embedded in my in my meta as I create mm. in, in the stories I want to tell. So was it like was there any classes in high school that you would take that were like photojournalism or anything that put cameras in your hands that made you decide later that I should have a I should at least have a camera? You yeah, know you, I mean? you know what's interesting, man. I took a journalism class in high school, and um, <laughs> there's a photo side of it, but I never picked up the camera in high school, which is really interesting. I was actually more interested in the writing side mm. of it. Um, and so once again, it's something, it's the the bug that kind of hit me later. You know, when I when I got that Canon T2I though, and I, you felt depth of field for the first time. Yeah. Like, you know, you're back into the lens. Rack focuses yeah, yeah, on yeah. everything, <laughs> on your salt shaker on for the no table. For no reason. Yeah, That's right, like, yeah. Nice. So I'm gonna go outside and I'm gonna point it at this flower and just rack <laughs> yeah. to the back. You know what I mean? It's like, That's oh everybody with yeah. their first DSLR. 100%, like, okay. it's magic. Yeah, it is. It literally feels like magic, yeah. bro. And so I, I caught the bug right away. Mm. And I was like, oh man, like I felt like I was, my whole life led up to, you know, holding that camera. That's so crazy. So, so. we working, you were working at a grocery store to leading up to that. Is that how you were like stacking your bread? So when I was in high school, man, yeah, I think my senior, usually my senior sophomore year, I picked up a job at uh, this place, it's a price shop. Yeah. I got fired after like two months though. Damn. I just couldn't, it just wasn't I for me. You know, pack the bags. Yeah, I, I couldn't, man. I couldn't, man. Like my, you know, my head was in the class. I didn't do great in high school. I, at the time, funny enough, I was actually making beats too. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I was making beats on GarageBand. Oh, dope. Yeah, fam. So, like, I had this little, like, I think it's called, like, Akai. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the little, like, the machine? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's right. like the Akai. I had a little drum machine, so I was making all these beats and stuff like that. So that's where my focus was. So I think that's, mm. in terms of, you know, going back to create, being creative as a youngster, like, music was also a really important gateway, I feel. Absolutely. You know, I, I drummed, uh, you know, I, I made all these beats as well. So, yeah, fam. That's so crazy. Yeah, I, I feel like it's interesting to hear that, like, um, just the music side of it because through your work like through the stuff i see the music drives it so hard yeah. when it needs to but also you let the the actual room tone or the space yeah play such a like it feels very very real it sounds very real you know what i mean like you yeah. you can really like bring i don't know the aura of the space to life with that so your i don't know your attention to detail with that is super key also your lighting ability bro thank you man. the way you make skin look yeah, is through you. the roof i don't understand 
that shit. Uh, yeah, thank you, man. That's something that's really, really important to me and kind of going back to some of the, you know, the influences, uh, you know, that I had growing up in like the films I was watching and also, you know, influences that I really tapped into later, you know, looking at the works of like Gordon Parks, mm -hmm. Roy De Carava, like these photographers who, I mean, these were photographers who were capturing, you know, black life in America before there was, inst before it was trendy. Right. They, like, they <laughs> yeah, right. You feel me? It's yeah. like, like through their work, you really have, like some sometimes like the only perspective and the only glimpse into like black life at that time, you mm. know, in New York and Gordon, you know, capturing through Life magazine, like all across America, like capturing black people in, in the way they, they captured our humanity, you right. know, and it wasn't just like a prop, like this human is, a, no, this is like a human being mm -hmm. and they deserve to, their humanity deserves to be three dimensional and captured with affection and love. And, and so that's really, really important to me when I photo photograph someone, it's like, they're trusting you. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, they have, no, they're not looking at the monitor. Mm -hmm. They have to focus on their performance. And with that, to like, let them know, Hey, I, I care about you. Like, I'm going to make sure your humanity's captured. I got you. Right. I'm not just going to throw light on you for no reason. Love it's like, that. I'm going to make sure that you're shaped the, you know, the way, uh, that captures your humanity and, and shaped in a very honest way through my, through how I light you, through how I capture you, through the angle of my camera. It's going to be authentic. It's going to be from the heart. I love that. How how did you find your How did you find them as inspiration early on? Like, what did you have anyone around you that kind of like brought content to you or, or motivation, like in a way that was like, yo, you should check out this photographer's work? Or how were you just scrubbing the internet trying to find stuff that motivated you? So it's really interesting. I think a part of it was just like uh, was just growing not only as like a creative, but just as a man. Mm. You know, quite frankly, it's like when you, when you're starting out, 18 years old, and just trying to figure it out. You're, you're scrubbing Vimeo, and you're just scrubbing like, what's hot? Right. Like, what's going to get me hired? You know, if I do this, 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 and I found myself I'm like, well, you know, I could never be this person. Like their voice is unique to them. Mm. And so like, as I started getting older and, and maturing, you know, in my craft, I, you know, I said, you know what, I need to tap into stuff that's authentic with me. So I really started to go back into like what I was watching growing up. Like what interests me growing up? Like what are the things I cared about? I started really tapping into things that were, were around me. And mm. ultimately like, that's what makes us unique. Like right. your experiences growing up in Iowa are unique to you. The, you driving past the field of dreams, like that is embedded in your meta. Facts. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you capture something like that's through the lens, the conversations to have with your grandparents mm -hmm. and like all of your history, right? And so me learning more about my history, you know, who, why do I have this T2 on my hands? Like who's the first photographer, like who's, who, who right. are the black photographers that paid the, you know, and I started yeah. just doing research right. and learning about Gordon Parks, so you know, and Roy De Carab. I didn't learn this stuff at high school. They weren't teaching us this right. in high school. You, right. so, you, so you really have to dig. And so I just started really tapping in into my culture uh, at a grassroots level of like who are the forefathers of why I'm even here mm. and found so much inspiration that's very, very present in my work today. That's so sick. So when you got your camera, you start shooting, you're back focusing on everything that exists. And then uh, <laughs> when did you start Every, everything, everything that exists? Like the flowers. Salt, yo, the salt shaker, bro. Yeah, the, <laughs> I had, you know, salt and the pepper. Yeah. On one to next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> when, did, when did you start using that to start creating content that you were like, you know, kind of gravitating towards whether it was short film, like what was some of the first work you were starting to do? Was it, were you immediately looking for jobs with that camera or were you just like, I'm just going to see what I do with this? Like, what can I do? Photographs, video, what were you drawn to? Yeah, man. Uh, well, I mean, initially, you know, once again, it was music videos and I like was tapping into weddings mm -hmm. and that was more of like, I'm trying to survive, you know, yeah. you know, I remember being 18 fam, like, you know, I was giving blood, <laughs> like, you the, know, like um, donating plasma yeah, and stuff plasma, like that. I did that same thing. I mean, dude, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, I got this music video that I'm doing for $200 my rent's $500 I got a supplement that's crazy <laughs> you see what I'm saying yeah. like it was it was real I know you know what I mean it's, I'm like I gotta make a little bit more money so you know I, I started to like 
kind of drift away from like the $200 music video thing and was, uh, you know, photo assisting or trying to get into like photo assisting. And that's what I was doing. And that was really my first introduction into like light and like mm. seeing how light was captured. But I really noticed on like these, these jobs, I was photo assisting, like all the talent was white. You know what I'm saying? It was yeah. like very like homogenous scene. And I was like, you know, like I'm interested in like capturing the stories of other communities, my community, right. you know what I mean? And like, lighting and crafting these images around people that look like me. You right. see what I'm saying? And so that was really my first like, oh, like I want to do something different. Mm. You see what I'm saying? And and so through that, started really getting interest in like doing my own, even through like the music videos and like the spec projects I wanted to shoot. I was like, oh, like I want to tell stories. You see what I'm saying? Like who's going to tell my cousin's story? Right. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So like uh, through, you know, doing these different jobs and doing these weddings of just kind of like the same wash and repeat thing, I was like, I'm ready to get away from this and like right. tap into something more real. And so uh, I, I think that's why people really feel like the energy in my work is because it comes from a pure place of just like so desperately yeah. wanting to tell these stories and express these ideas, you know? And the executions is that like the high, like you could tell it's just pure focus the entire way through, which yeah. is incredible. Thank you, man. Thank is you. It, so, okay, so when did you decide to move to LA? So uh, I actually moved to LA um, not too long, six months ago. Six months ago? Yeah, I was living in Kansas. I was working this at Kansas guy. City before that. Yeah, man. This guy out yeah. here signing this, who? CA? Yeah. <laughs> That's dope. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. It's a blessing, man. So it's you were doing everything remote, Kansas City. Yeah. That and, was my home base. And then so. where were you doing like, um, like, uh, let me scroll through. It was like early on in your, in your reel. It's like, there's like early work. Everything was shot in Kansas City? Like your early no. stuff? Or were you coming out here? No, I was coming out here quite a bit. Uh, I was, I was really all over, man. Most like, 95% of my work was outside of Kansas City but it was a great home base you know and that's another cool thing about creating out of the Midwest is like you're close to everywhere you're three yeah. hours from both coasts you can get to Texas I was doing work in Texas Florida all over man you know and, and you can get there within usually three hours right. you know, three and a half hours fam so it was a great place to base out of you know I still got my place out there right now and all my gear that I don't really use anymore because you know I'm not yeah. uh, about shooting that's right so now, crazy so. so is it is it um, to you would you say like being existing in Kansas City, w trying to first start kind of building your your clientele? Like, yeah. how, what was was the process difficult? Like, or was it just kind of word of mouth because you started you're putting your ideas on on screen and you're uploading it and people are starting to see the work at first before like the Bel Air thing? Like, yeah. who are who are your clients at that point? Like, how are you starting to kind of find your footing and and get introduced to like the scene? For sure, the word of mouth, man. Yeah. That's big. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and spec work, mm. like I'll be honest, like the spec work was big, and there's a lot of stuff that you know is no longer on my Vimeo page, but it's stuff that I was just making and showing people, and you know, developing agency interest through like these spec pieces I was doing, and they were seeing the work and say, oh, like this, this young guy is like a take, you know, like yeah. he's got something that's fresh, you know. Right. I'm not saying it's, I, I don't, I, I don't believe in like you know the terms like best, or it's just like everybody expresses art differently, so like just doing anything I could to to show people my style, like and how I approach creative right? right and uh so it was really just shooting a lot of spec work at first you know so like walk me walk me through something like give me an example of a spec that maybe you did and, and with this full strategy like were you thinking all right cool i'm gonna do this i don't know what kind of spec you might have been creating like yeah. a car commercial or something but the intention of i'm gonna create this because i'm targeting this person i want to show this person my work or these people my work so i could potentially like leverage that because i don't think a lot of people understand the ability of what a spec piece can do for you yeah for sure so um i was shooting a lot of stuff for the nfl oh. and i got that gig through uh these you know a few uh, spec fitness pieces that i was doing and yeah. so you know this like high intensity like kind of like 
feels like yeah. Nike or stuff that you'd see with Under Armour. Like I was shooting, you know, those types of pieces, and like that's what generated the conversation of like, you know, hey, th- there's interest in you doing this thing. Like, do you have anything in that vein? Oh, I do. You right. see what I'm saying? If if I didn't shoot those pieces and I had nothing to show, there's no way I'd be hired for that. Mm. You know what I mean? They they won't take that risk. They'd rather search for somebody who has that in their reel. So. Yeah, right, like right away. So was it kind of in in the sense of were you partnering with like local fitness programs or companies that could also benefit from you doing the spec work or was it like solely I'm going to search this out I'm going to find these people I could work with and create this idea that I have in my head just to get it out there and I'm going to run with it because it's a low lift maybe for you no wise super super good question so uh on one of them yeah I did partner with a guy in town who you know had a little apparel brand and it was like oh like I'm looking to do like and I'm like well, here's the thing, like, I'll do it, but can you just let me, like, run free and, like, I won't charge you? Yeah, right. And and we did, and the piece turned out pretty good, Um, and I got a lot of work off that. That's Mm. the great thing about a a strong portfolio, man, is, like, and the reason why it's so important to have work and shoot spec work on your own, it's, like, that that's an investment that never runs out. Right. You see what I'm saying? That yeah. never depreciates in value. Right. You know, you could buy a piece of gear and like it depreciates in value, but mm-hmm. like if you've got a great portfolio, you can make money forever with it. You that's see what I'm so saying? True. So that's why spec work is what I think. And that's just like one example. Like I was shooting all kinds of food stuff. You know, there was a point where I was shooting a lot of different food stuff yeah. and you know, I did some spec projects right. like shooting food, like just very simple recipe videos to show people that this is something I can do. You this know? is where the, the rack focus practice came <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know. But that's yeah. so true because I mean, if you think about it in the Midwest or those bigger brands that are solely look like, I mean, you think of any major brand that makes food, like they're, they'll spend a ton of money because they're looking for people that are going to make their product look as glamorous as possible. For sure, man. Is it, sure. do you feel like it's, um, do you have the upper hand in a way? Uh, like, I'm, like, I guess living in LA, right? Costs are so expensive. New York, wherever you, whatever major city you look at. Life to live is so expensive that everyone kind of relies on the day check like they're gonna go put in the work and try to find the day job thing which allows them to kind of be scared of taking four days of solely focusing on one of their own ideas Mm -hmm. as a spec piece uh living in the midwest costs are a little bit more affordable um which could allow you to budget yourself to be able to go create a spec piece true um but does it do you feel like that gives you the upper hand by being there i mean i saw to me it's like i would love to live in iowa and be able to stay relevant with it i mean obviously the podcast makes way more harder but to be able to pop out, you're right. You were in the middle. It takes you minimal time to get out to each side of the coast. Absolutely. Um, and costs are lower, so you really can experiment a little bit more. In my in my opinion, I guess. Absolutely, man. No, that that's that's these. First and foremost, like this is the, one of the coolest interviews I've done. Like the really? question, yeah, your questions are just really, really thoughtful and <laughs> not, not cookie cutter. It's just really dope. Uh, that's such a good question. Yeah, man. Like I'm so thankful. Uh, to be from Kansas City and to have worked from Kansas City like that gave me I feel like a huge advantage in terms of cost of living at first you know my first apartment was $500 a month yep. you know you can't find that in no nope. you know <laughs> hey, you probably could well, you probably could <laughs> is it tight it'd probably nah. be like a roommate situation or something like yeah. that you know I had a, it wasn't big but like I had a little apartment you yeah. know, I had my space you yeah. know what I mean and so to, to be able to only have to make $500 instead of you know 2k maybe if you're yeah, you plus lo- everything else. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. That was a huge advantage, and that took a lot of pressure off me. Like I still had to make that rent, right. but at the same time, it, it's like I, I could develop a footing there. So yeah. yeah, that was a tremendous advantage, and and also why I feel like if anybody's watching and you're based in the Midwest or someplace that isn't like New York and LA, like 
that's okay. Like with the internet, like you you still have ways and platforms to get your work out there. So Absolutely. don't worry about that. Like really tap into your community. And there are advantages to not living on the coast, especially when you're starting out. So, Absolutely. Yeah, very good point, fam. Yeah. I, I would always get pissed that I lived in Iowa because I wanted to live in Kansas City for the soul, like just to be by that airport. Because flying <laughs> there is so cheap yeah, from yeah. LA. Like I almost always consider flying there before flying to Iowa first, just because I'm like, eh, you know, save a quick 200 real quick. Yeah. yeah. Flying here. And it's direct. Like it's, that's, that's right. so clutch. That's a great flight, man. It, that's it, a great it is. Flight. I South, know. What will you, will you fly? Uh, I, I don't know where I, last time I flew there was for Chris Brown's, uh, tour kicked off there. Okay. And yeah. I don't remember who we flew with. I was del- delusional. I was, hadn't slept in like a couple of days. Or whatever, oh, but okay. I think it was uh, American airlines. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. American is there a hub airlines. there? Um, is that a hub? Kansas City hub? Who knows? Yeah. Who cares? Um. <laughs> We're not, no free promo out here for these airlines, yo. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> but I fly Delta. Um, no, I, 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 I always like kind of just move, living here, the struggle is always like home is where the heart is. You know what I mean? Like yeah, right. you really look at it like I, I miss being around my family and the, the the scenery there. Like when I go home, if I go home, if I can c- catch Iowa in the summer, this, it looks like a movie. Out here, mm-hmm. it's LA. It look, obviously, sometimes we get those crazy skies and like you get the stuff, and we're in LA. But like, there's something about being in the Midwest that is motivating, and I miss it. And it and it's it's like tough because uh, there's so much out here opportunity wise that you have to to live here, um, where it gives you an opportunity. You know, you be running into someone that could become your partner for the next ten years, and you didn't even know it because you ran into them at this space in LA but you know same thing could happen in the Midwest but I feel like everyone does fear I felt this and it's interesting to hear your perspective of like bringing work back to the Midwest my fear was always like I gotta go I gotta go I gotta go I gotta go because I saw no opportunity um I guess for you now living in LA what what made you kind of pull the trigger to come here like yeah man you know I'd been thinking about because I was going back and forth so much uh for for DP work you know and I was thinking about for like several years, I was like, man, I mean, I should make the leap and make the leap. You know, I was in a long-term relationship in Kansas City and, you know, I had a real life, like I built a life out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was home and, um, you know, when I when I signed with CA and the business in terms of like scripted work that I'm doing, it's like it all gets done here. Yeah. You know, all the meetings I have to take and my agents were sending me out on these meetings and, you know, all these generals that my manager said. So it's just like, I got to be here. I can't continue to go back and forth every week because right. that takes a toll on your health if you're all constantly right, yeah. on a plane. You know what I mean? It's right. just like, it was just time. And I always felt like that. I'm like, I'll know when it's time, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it was time. And I love living out here, man. It's a beautiful place. It is. But at the same time, like you said, man, there's no place like home. And ultimately, we need people to come back to these places if it's ever going to change yeah if it's not in 10 years there will be no infrastructure you know there might not be any infrastructure in Kansas, in Kansas City if like I don't take it upon myself to like at least try and build it and bring projects there and bring opportunities back home it's right. like who would I be to just like oh thank y'all like I'm out <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I mean it's like Bel Air I mean half of Bel Air was that piece I did was in Kansas City with yeah. Kansas City talent right that's a Kansas City that's project crazy. You know? <laughs> that's crazy you see what I'm saying that yeah. was done in Kansas City and that shook that shit the world. The whole, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Done in Kansas City, bro. So yeah, it's a, that's inspiring. The Midwest, man. Midwest stand up. Well, know? that's why that's why I want <laughs> I, I feel so uh called to like create this platform, Black Window Cream. Yeah, it's man. like you know, to see pe- people hit me up as I like continue to tour and work with different people and you know, you get those messages all the time from these aspiring creatives. And I'm like, man, I that's me. 
that was me for a fact. Like yeah, I have those emails. Like I have these people I try to hit up and, and get no responses from. And I know what it's like to be starving for information or and to feel secluded. Yeah. And so to be able to at least create a digital version of it where it's like, yo, you might not be able to pull up to a room with a bunch of creatives like I could right now, but we can do it online and still connect just as well because that's all I had before, you know? Mm. And still, it's like even now, it's like it's saying you need to be in a specific space to create is bullshit in the sense of there's people creating in London. Well, why aren't we there? You know what I mean? Why do I have to come to LA? Like everyone's still getting it done. People are still making waves. Like you literally shook shit up with a link. You know what I mean? One link to a video, a MP4 file that was uploaded (laughs) to Vimeo or a QuickTime file. I don't know what you did, but uh, like (laughs) being able to upload that and then really make a wave. That's pretty incredible. I want to go back to DP though. So when you started doing more, you you did your work as like you know music videos and T2I when did you kind of upgrade your gear and then would you say like what kind of music videos did you start doing were you doing like higher level music videos or didn't you just kind of cut that throat before yeah I was really uh, after some very crazy situations I'm, <laughs> I'm still working on it you know um, <laughs> what some cra- yeah I, I can't I won't get into <laughs> specifics on some of the things that I saw in the music video days in the very early days man but like it, it was just time for me to like separate myself from that world you know but I mean? was it like was it like local Kansas City stuff yeah, or it was okay, all okay. local Kansas City well it. I, it's funny I was doing a little bit of travel stuff as well but it would be like I would pack as much gear as I could into two backpacks and go yeah. to Virginia or something yeah. like that you know what right. I mean it was very yeah. very very yeah, scrappy well. yeah yeah fam like that that definitely wasn't a, a career path that like I continued to like yeah. pursue right. you know um, but uh, can, can you go back to your yeah well so. I guess just like because I look at it from a DP standpoint it's like you you really mastered the camera and then started telling your own stories right. but even when you're telling your story I still feel like it looks like from research I was doing right after you still shoot a lot are you shooting a lot or you have a DP shooting for you? Yeah, man. I mean, these days I'm really taking away. Yeah. I'm putting down the camera, yeah. man, which is, which is kind of hard. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, uh, it, it's some, it's a foundation that has really helped me become a more effective director, mm-hmm. you know, knowing that I could communicate my vision to a DP, like at a granular level, I could talk about how I want my light to feel, right? you know, how I want the, the visual language and the camera movement and like augmentations of like this and that. It's like, I can get very, very specific. And that gives them a smaller target to hit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's helpful. That foundation is is extremely important. But but yeah, man, um, in terms of gear, it's really interesting, bro. Like, I was doing, like, the gear flip for years. Yeah. Right? And so I took the T2I. Like, I made a little bread. Yeah. Sold that. Got a 60D. Yeah. Made a little bread. The, the uh, Blackmagic 2.5, like yeah. the original one. Yeah, yeah. That, that came the, out. The thick-ass one? Yeah, the thick-ass right. one. Yeah, the little box. Yeah. You see what I'm the saying? The worst interface. <laughs> That has the worst interface. <laughs> Terrible interface, but yo, that crispy, crispy, is incredible. I still, to, everyone's been rocking the the new one, the uh, the little pocket. It's beautiful. Man. It looks crazy. It's beautiful. Like you don't, you don't need a leg. You don't need none yeah, of that, dude. Right. Like just get five of those. You yeah, right. Like seriously, uh, he's all, about he's about to tell us what he got after that. <laughs> just <laughs> get all, that. It's all about lighting. Yeah, anyway. it is. Like it it's is. all about light. Right. Um. And, and so yeah, so I sold the sixty D, flipped that, got the Black Magic two point five K. Yeah. You know, I was working off that, and then um the Scarlet W's. You remember the Scarlet yeah, W's came yeah, out? Yeah. Got my bought my first ring. Damn. You see what I'm saying? That's and crazy. That's an investment though. It was an investment. You what were they? What, what were they back then? Like forty for a body or something? No, they were less than that. I think the. I think the Scott W's might have been twenty. Really? Yeah, when the when the Scott W's first came Damn. out. 
Um, but before that, I, th- I got a Ur- it was the Ursa Mini, uh, the original Ursa Mini 4K. Okay, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was working off that a little bit, and, and I'm just flipping, man. Were, flipping. Were, were your clients? Did you notice client appeal to? Uh, and maybe this is locally, but like just the fact that you came equipped with the gear, like specific gear, like you know, some people I think fear the gear makes them look cheap or yeah like i just i I said as as an example the other day i did this campaign for uh need for speed and i shot it on a7s2 i didn't have to i could have i had a budget but i purposely wanted to use that camera for the for specific tasks i needed to complete during that day yeah the camera's great quality worked really well for what i needed to do and we lit it well and it looked great and that was all we needed but in some cases people feel pressured i've dealt with it where people are like well we have to get two camera operators we need to get the red dragons we need to get all this stuff and i'm like no we don't what for what to right. shoot a documentary to sit in the studio all day and you just want to run in on a red in 6k the fans <laughs> while the artist is talking to someone like that's you know what i mean people but they feel obligated to have you know what i'm talking about don't you you said the fans <laughs> the fans of the fucking battery changes Yo, them fans ain't a joke bro. oh my god the fans are noisy but it's like <laughs> that you know what i mean there's reasons why people get gear for certain things but some people feel very pressured to have uh to have nice gear for yeah. a client but also clients feel like they'll they'll invest more into someone who has nice gear yeah absolutely i mean i definitely felt pressure man yeah I abs- oh absolutely i'd be lying if i said didn't yeah i definitely felt pressure uh you, you know it's a show that's the thing about like production it's like and it's silly and it shouldn't be like this and granted like when you get to a certain point like that goes out the window but especially starting out and coming up man mm-hmm. it's the show these clients they want to feel like they're on a big movie you know yeah and they want all the toys and stuff like that so it becomes this show that it shouldn't be like that. It should all be about what's on screen, but unfortunately, it's not the world we live in. And so I, I definitely felt pressure, man. Uh, but I will say, you know, when I got my hands in the red. One thing that did provide is like, I was able to like really charge that kit fee. And that's when, you know, real money, like I was yeah. trying to really, really make some real money, yeah. it, you know, cause like they pay for my rate plus my camera, you know? And with that, like, it, I will say like that really put me uh, at a really good place financially. You know, for yeah. the first time, like I was really able to like, plan some stuff in my life right you know what i mean uh but yeah man it, it's it's unfortunate because there's so many young cats out here who were who have like still like a, you know a 60d or some of these rebels who are making stuff i mean incredible stuff you see yeah. what i'm saying and deserve some bigger looks than they're right. getting but unfortunately it's like the tools and all the politics with that man it's yeah kind of nonsense but it's so grimy it's such it's a bummer grimy. Yeah. it's such a bummer because at the end of the day the only people that see that are the client that's in the room and that's it and then the picture that's captured is what gets seen by everyone else yeah, and man. it really doesn't matter in my opinion like how you get it done you just we should know what we need but even that it's like i remember building out this the sony's with you know a whole rig and everything i needed yeah. but i i can get it done stripped i could literally shoot on a Sony stripped by itself, but I would build it out just for the appeal right. to make them feel like they'd, yeah, hey, I was, all right, well, good thing we spend money on this guy. And then yeah. eventually I'm just like, I don't, it doesn't matter. Like the work speaks for itself at this point. So it's like stripping it apart. But I feel like that's a huge fear. Kit, charging a kit fee, because we also started talking about that as well, because so many people question like how to make more money with the clients. And we like wrote a whole guide on it. And we talked about like creating line items yeah. for people and to understand that. Was it, did you kind of, uh, was it a slow transition for you to realize like, all right, my rate is, you know, for whatever reason, a dollar, but I see other people having, like this person got hired and they don't even own their own red. 
so but they had a red that day so how did they get that red oh the client was willing to pay an additional fee to get that red so that this person who's really good with the red could shoot on it like how how quickly did you realize like oh i could capitalize on that very quickly man so for about a year when i didn't own a red like all these jobs that would get hired to shoot we would rent right you see what i'm saying so like there were a few cats in you know in in these markets i was shooting at who would get these reds from and you know i'm looking at how much money is from and i'm like well i, I want to be making that money yeah exactly <laughs> you see what i'm saying so i'm getting the cost of like you know my fee for my my labor and my rate but we kept so i'm like oh this this makes good business sense mm -hmm. and you know within like half a year it paid itself off the camera paid itself off and so uh, at that point it's just profit right right and so uh, after about a year of all of that money going elsewhere i said you know i want to tap into this and, yeah. and you know uh it's all investment at the end of the day and they're just tools right that's the biggest thing about them it's 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 not about that, that was just strictly business decision yeah you know, smart. i'm very agnostic when it comes to cameras i think they all look really really good yeah you know i think they all have the capability to look incredible even right. the dslr still i mean they look amazing yeah you know? i mean everything looks good uh it's about who's behind it so if it makes good business sense like i said go for it uh get that bread you know get the bags so, love that yeah so when you get to the bell air point you started writing that how how early before you shot it um let's see started writing bel air and what was the inspiration behind it like just i'm mean, obviously fresh prince is the shit <laughs> yeah but yeah, like yeah. at what point were you just like it came to you yeah it did bro that's the only way to put it man it was uh it was such a pure idea i was literally in kansas city i was driving out 7 -1. i remember the moment it hit me and the idea all at once hit me i said oh my god like i got it like i've got to do it and it wasn't like a uh it wasn't like kind of like a clout chasing thing i all like there was no like oh i'm gonna do this i'm gonna get popping blah blah, blah. we like, will see it yeah 100 percent fam. Right. like it was at the time you know i mean I was making great money as a cinematographer living in kansas city like i loved my life yeah like, i loved yeah. everything i was doing it was just a pure thing that i had to express mm. you see what i'm saying yeah. and once it hit me and i called my producer john and said dude i got this idea i have to i have to make this thing you see what i'm saying it's like all right like i don't know how we're gonna make it because <laughs> like yeah. this is this is gonna cost half a million dollars or whatever right and i'm like just trust me like i got it and so i wrote the outline and you know we ended up making it for like 20k you know damn I mean? really yeah we made it for 20k and we just got to work on it and so and half of it was shot in kc half of it was shot in kansas city wow. all the interiors literally all the interiors were shot in kansas city that's crazy yeah man so that's crazy it's so good thank you fam thank you bro. everyone a part of it was it, it killed it oh yeah tremendous and that's another thing about like don't sleep on kansas city actors mm. kansas city actors nothing to play with like i'm talking about some really finely trained actors who once again aren't getting the looks so like i, I want to get them those opportunities because yeah. they deserve it of man. course some incredible actors have been putting in work for a long time how, so. how do you go about um finding the proper crew in Kansas City, as well as the act actors, like how how are you finding them? How how did you go about doing that? Yeah, you know, so by that that by that point, I was really well into the like everybody just knows everyone after right. a while because you're working all these commercials and you're crewing up, and so all those people for the most part were people I'd worked with before, and once again, like opportunity to bring on some young young cats as well who are just inter interning yeah. essentially on the shoot and just learning in these departments and learning from really experienced department heads, and so uh, by that by that time, I, I was you know in cahoots with pretty much everyone on set so right. yeah so sick so yeah. then you you drop it did you did you feel once you saw the cut like once the cut was did you edit it i did you yeah. edited so do you edit all your stuff uh no no okay no. but you edited that one i edited that one yeah yeah save the money uh. <laughs> yeah yeah and and that's like a such a specific you know yeah. I mean? it's so specific and uh you know i just knew like in order to get it exactly where i wanted it like i, I was gonna need to put the time in myself so so before you dropped it leading up to, like for you 
you know, it came to you and you felt like you needed to do it, but what was like the actual intention of it? Like what was the story? It was just telling that over again as like a modern day version of it. Was there anything else behind that? Besides that, it was just like, yo, what would it be like if it was now? Yeah, I mean, really, that's, it was just like a, um, it was just kind of like a, a dream, you know, like an expression more than anything of just like, uh, of how I interpret this incredible story that we all grew up with, you know what I mean? Like with my flavor and my twist, you right. know, if I had the bread for it, I'd have done a feature, right. like, you know, the, yeah. uh, like a true pipe, but it's like, you know, I have this idea that I want to express and um, if it turns into something bigger, right. you know, fantastic, you yeah. know, but ultimately it was like, it's such a pure idea. I won't be able to get a wink of, like of, of true sleep until I get it get done. It done. You see what I'm saying? Say it. Yeah, man. For that whole period, I was just like, it's all I could think about. Even yeah. I'm doing all these jobs and stuff like that and still doing, you know, my client work. But at the same time, it's like in the back of my like, Bel Air, Bel Air, right. Bel Air, Bel Air. Even after we shot it, man, like I had two months straight of commercials. Like, I couldn't touch the edit oh, for shit. two months and I was going crazy. Yeah. Fam. I was like, oh, I just want to get in the bay and like make this yeah. thing. And, you know, after I, you know, the final keystroke when the cut was done, I export, I watched, I said, oof. You know what I mean? If this catches a spark, this could be out of here. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? You really felt like it? Yeah, yeah. After I watched it, because I always say to myself, it's like, I'm not sitting there trying to impress anyone. It's like, if I get that feeling. But you're no, impressed. If you're impressed, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, I think anyone. You yeah. know what I mean? If you make something and, you know, Ben is just like, yo, like, oof, that I, I feel something. Yeah. It's like, most likely it's going to resonate with people right, in one right, way or another. Right. You know, hopefully it's, it's right. meaningful to others. And so I really got that feeling. It was like a very, oof, man. Like, I. Cause it's all about tone. Yeah, man. it's just such a fine line with tone, and you go one too far this yeah. way, this way, you really miss out on like the intention and the tone. And, and so I knew I hit the tone. I knew the art was where I wanted it. I knew visually, you know, I hit the mark of what I was looking to achieve, and that thing caught a spark. And it's interesting because like Will saw it within like it was under ten thousand views when Overbrook hit me up. They were one of the first people to see it. Actually, That's what I'm saying they 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 got their ear to the ground. Damn. I Here's was like, how? Like, and found creatives all day long. The people you're just like, who is that? It's cra- it's crazy, fam. Like, yeah, they 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 peeped it super quick and reached out really really quickly. But because you know you can't predict the internet, man. Right. It's like if it was a busy news day or whatever, and, or maybe there was an incident that took place, it maybe it just kind of gets bad. You just never yeah. know, man. I never try to predict people. It's, all I got to do is like, I'm gonna make what what is pure and authentic to me. And at that point, it's up for people to interpret that material. Right. So that takes pressure off as creators Absolutely. too. It's like, I'm gonna make the best thing I can, put my best foot forward, get a little bit better every time and let the chips fall where they may. Right, I love that. So yeah. when you, you finish it and you're about to drop it, did you have some sort of distribution plan or was it just like, I'm gonna put this on what did you do? Put it on Vimeo or YouTube? So we put it on YouTube. Yeah, you put it on YouTube. Yeah, man, absolutely. So my partners on the project, Sun Square Media, uh, were really at the heart of the distribution. Shout out John from TLD, Matt, all them cats, man, Joshua, like really, really great cats. And so I made it, and I was in cahoots with them on this entire project, man. And and they were tremendous to work with. They're a production company out of um, Claremont. Okay. Yeah, and just really, really great guys. They more work in like the tech YouTube space. Right. They just been homies for a yeah. long time, you know. And so uh, together with them, formed a really very, very simple distribution plan, but you know, we're gonna put it on YouTube and the hope was just to generate a little bit of a spark with it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. let, let's put it out there. Let's all just share it on our platforms. And to be honest with you, it really just caught like wildfire. That's crazy. Somebody like posted it to Reddit and then all of a sudden it- Reddit you know, goes public, bananas. It, it, yeah, exactly. And at that point it's out of here and it starts getting ripped. Yeah. And I'm not on Facebook, but like homies were sending me numbers on Facebook and it was like ripped and all these things and like 
stupid like 10 million views someone's adding text above it turning into a meme like (laughs) and just getting gazillion views that's crazy like yeah it's exactly what you say like if fresh prince was blah 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 and all this you know so it it was wild man so what was like did you because it had like notable um articles we're talking about like i felt like i saw it on cnn or something do you you remember seeing like the first article that picked it up yeah yeah i forgot who's the first one but it was it was one of like like Rolling Stone and like, you know, like so BuzzFeed and like those, it was like, oh, whoa, like this thing is way out of here, you know? And that, that was a wild week and it, it was a blessing. Yeah, I bet a- your life, you were, you were probably just on your computer and your phone just like... Funny enough, man, I was actually you like, the work? <laughs> I mean, like, well, I was actually in LA at the time, but I was taking meetings, dude. Were like, you? yeah, because like, as all these publications are coming out, like, all of Hollywood, like, every agency and like production company and studio in town is reaching out to meet. You know what I'm so saying? sick. And so I was really just fielding those and like, you know, yeah, it, it was a, it was very quick clear that uh this would be a, a turning point in my career man you know i mean i was able to finally pivot into writing directing like i wanted to do and right. so i was really just gearing up for that did you, know? you did you think that that could even possibly happen that all these agencies would be knocking at your door trying to get you from this like did you think that this could be like oh this is a good way for me to showcase my ability to write and direct like this piece specifically could if it catches some momentum it could get the right people's eyeballs on it. Yeah, yeah, I, I felt that especially after watching it. You see, right. I'm before that, it was just focusing on the art and expressing what I wanted to express. But after watching, I said, you know what, this could be this could be out of here. You yeah. know, what I mean, this could really be a turning point. You know, in, in terms of my trajectory and what I wanted to eventually be doing. I thought I thought my pivot, to be honest with you, Ben, like I thought it's something that would happen uh, several years down the road. Yeah, you know, I, yeah, oh, absolutely, man, right. absolutely, you know. There are people that work their entire lives for the chance, you know, the chance to pivot in a meaningful way into writing, directing, who just don't find the opportunity. You right. know what I mean? So I try to never act like I can predict the, the what the universe will put in front of me. Right. You see what I'm saying? All I can do is control the art I make, how I treat people. You yeah. see what I'm saying? It's the only two things to focus on. But after watching, I said, you know what? This could be something that that allows me to do that. And thankfully, it did, man. It it man. really did, and more than I could ever imagine. You know? What so. did? It's traditionally it w- it makes sense to be repped obviously um for freelance creators that are like kind of the underdogs what is the benefits of being represented yeah man absolutely i mean you have you have a layer of um <clears throat> and you have management too I did do. you have that before the bel-air thing no i didn't okay so no, that came with this whole yeah 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 i uh so I, I, th- I think the biggest thing representation that's helpful is uh they're able to vet things mm. you see what i'm saying so you have people who who know your goals, you know, as a director or whatever it is, even whatever, whatever you're rep for, yeah. right? You know, you have people who they have your best interests in mind. Uh, they know your goals. And with that, they're able to sift through, I mean, there's so many inquiries coming in and right. I'm sure the same thing with you. It's like, there's so many inquiries coming in and like, you can't go through them all. Right. You've got to be able to focus on like the task at hand. So to have people there who are able to vet those things and to say, Hey, this is a good opportunity. And you know, they have your back. Right. It's really, really important. And you got to pick, you got to pick wisely, man, with, yeah. with your rep. You know, it's, you don't want to be bouncing around to different agencies and stuff like that. It's like, you know, you want to, so it's a very important decision to make. And thankfully, you know, I, quickly. I'm, yeah, you got to make the, and yeah, like 100%. Quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. Shit. Yeah. Cause I mean, if you think about it, it's like, you got, you all have anxiety thinking about what those emails could be if you're sure. handing it off to someone else, where it's really hard. I think one of the biggest struggles for creatives is like letting things go oh, yeah. and being willing to just 
find your path and do your path and let someone else rock it out for you in the you know behind the scenes and just trust them what 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 did they do like you know you only really hear about this with like artists like song pops now everyone wants to sign them and they're getting wine and dine and this whole thing was the experience just kind of like a very like hey come in we'll talk with you we'll let you know what we do we'll see if we vibe was anyone trying to like i don't know buy your ass off <laughs> here's a pair of shoes yeah. like we really want you here's a new camera yeah. what was it is the experience like that at all or is it is it anything like what rappers would experience you know what i mean like uh just popping out of nowhere and having people trying to buy them out or like get that equity you know what i mean yeah no no it's really really interesting i mean like i'll be honest with you fam like so caa was like really really on top of of signing me yeah um yeah they jumped in right away like talitha my motion picture agent she actually dm me on instagram wow and so we met for coffee and like we just really hit it off on a personal vibe and so like uh you know i took a few meetings but it was very quickly re- realized like this, this is, is it. this is where i belong yeah. you know what i mean and so um, but you know, every situation's different, you know, with them, it was like a very, I didn't want that. You see what I'm saying? That's yeah. the biggest thing is like, what I was looking for is just something real and authentic, like people who I can trust, you know, in two years, like I still want to be in business with this person, right. you know, in like yeah. a real meaningful way. And so like, after I really met with her and I met my TV agent, Angela, you know, and I connected, it's like, this is who I want to like build my career yeah, with. You see what dope. I'm saying? And it was from an authentic place. There wasn't, I didn't feel like there was any sort of um, ulterior motive of like, oh, let's do this and try and like scheme. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. nah, like we want to be in business. We really believe in you. Uh, we want to listen to you and hear what you want to do with your career. And then we want to be here to support it. And they have. That's so. amazing. What up, creators? I want to remind you about our community at jointhehomies.com. The homies are the squad of legends who support what we do here at Black Window Cream so we can continue to build this platform into the best educational space for content creators on earth. And in return for that support, we give you a bunch of sick perks all month long, like access to our live stream tutorials and hangouts, bonus podcast episodes, and so much more. Check us out at jointhehomies.com. Let's go! So at what point... You know, you said Will saw it before it had even 10,000 views or whatever. What point did they reach out to you? Did they say anything to you? Oh, yeah. Because, I, I mean, I saw you did the YouTube thing. You're down with him. Where were you guys like Miami or something? Yeah, yeah. Sick. Uh, uh, what was it? What was that? Like, how did that happen? Yeah, man. So um, so they reached out and, uh, you know, we connected in uh, Calabasas. And so, you know, sitting with Miguel, shout out Miguel, uh, Will's manager, great guy. Okay. Uh, and Lucas, you know, who's mm-hmm. the head of content over Overbrook. And, uh, you know, we linked and they're just asking questions about like, <laughs> why? Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> you know, just it really, it blindsided everyone. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, and you know, I was FaceTiming Will, you know, he's on the set of Bad Boys 3 in Miami. And right. he was just extremely supportive and, and just, you know, showed so much love for my concept and my take on, on, Fresh, on the Fresh Prince. And, uh, you know, at that point, um, you know, they talked about possibly, you know, meeting in person right. and, and connecting about it. And then it just seems like, like a day later is when it really just started to all compound in terms of views and like the looks and stuff like that. But they're really on top of it. And I will say this, man, like they're so genuine. Like, well, I mean, he's just like a really, really, really good man. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, he's just like a good dude. Like, you know, I I mean, yeah, I I can't say enough about that entire camp and just how great it's been working with them and, you know, just good people, man. Just really good people. So. What, what was uh, what was like for you to go to Miami and get to like actually meet him in person and get to kick in? Like, I mean, think of how funny that is. It's like you just had this random idea in Kansas City about yeah. this person that we all looked up to when we were kids. Right. 
You know what I mean? And then for him to care enough for you to like, come here. <laughs> come, yeah, man. Come here, man. Let's chat. You know what I mean? What was it like? The video is cool. Like watching that is like, it's dope for you to have an opportunity to see that. But to, to meet a mentor like that yeah, and obviously have him in your corner, like, yes, it's great to be read by this agency. Bro, like you're like getting the cosign from him now. You yeah. know what I mean? That's a, a massive cosign. Yeah, man. Yeah, tremendous, bro. It's just an incredible experience, fam. And, and like right off the bat, it was love. Like I remember uh, the first, you know, I fly in that night and like the next day I was on on the set you know and like yeah. it's like a real early call time it's like 6am we're in Miami and uh, they live me up you know because they have the, like their crew or whatever right. they want to capture meet and Will and so I'm just chilling there you know on set and they're about to like block it out or whatever and like yeah Will's gonna show up and we want to just like Catch yeah, you guys meeting, yeah. right? And so, and Martin Lawrence walks by. It's like, oh, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? What's up, like, man? Yeah, yeah. And then, like, I turn to my left, and I remember because it it's like really early, and it's like got like kind of this rising sun, like. Yeah. I see like a silhouette of like a really like you know what I see like a silhouette and I'm like is that he like knew the perfect position to walk yeah, in yeah. he's like right here is the angle I need alright guys he's gonna come in I'll have him lobbed up and you see where the sun's setting today I'll be there tomorrow it's wild man it's like yeah like the light was just like crossing yeah. the horizon and like I see like arms wide spread yo 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 yeah. and, like, up, and you know he gives me a big hug man yeah. he's like look around baby this is all for you you know like just man. super just like warm man what just like this warmth and uh you know show love and so it's beautiful to be able to spend time like on the set right. and then just our conversations you know <clears throat> going to dinner and uh just connecting and trading stories and hearing his experiences just really learning right you know? that's the biggest thing about uh, about it man i think it's part of the midwest is like you know we want to do the work man we want to jump in and we want to do the work and we want to get better at what we do you know what i mean yeah. and so to be able to sit here and hear his experiences and learn from him you know and uh and soak it all in was just a beautiful feeling right. so what'd your family yeah. think at that point oh man everybody's just extremely excited man have a parade for you when yeah. you go back to kansas city from miami <laughs> yeah yeah Fib. you know just really in disbelief you know it meant a lot for the town yeah you know what i mean to for uh for some, I mean, I love my city, man. I really champion my city. You know, it's, I rep it. I'll rep it till the day I, I know. die, you know? And so, like, for this to happen, like, everybody in town was just, they felt, they felt like they, you know, had the experience and opportunity, which is what I want. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, uh, so it, it meant a lot to my city and it meant an awful lot to my family, bro. Man, so. what an incredible experience, bro. Like, yeah, it's a blessing, man. It's a blessing and just the beginning, though. Just I know, right. Yeah, so, so that, okay, so that happens. So what, what like, going forward, you know, was it instantly into you shoot videos that, that came, like, months later? You started that production or, or what were you doing after that? I mean, it's, everything just shook you up and now you're signing to people you got management you got emails coming in like crazy like what what what's your path like after that yeah man so in the months in the following months bro it's just so many meetings mm -hmm. i mean literally three meetings a day like bouncing here bouncing here bouncing here just meeting studio heads you know meeting different production companies uh you know meeting different uh distributors like right. You know, my agency manager just sending out meetings, you know, and, and you're fielding all these, oh, here's the script, script. All these scripts are coming in, all these scripts are coming in. And like, I'm sitting there, I'm just like, I want to get back to making stuff. Right. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Right. And so, like, that's when <clears throat> I just pinned you shoot videos real quick. They're giving you everything, and you're like, <laughs> well, you know, it's it's like, but when you don't find something that clicks, that's though, it, right? Man, that's it. And I told him, and that's the thing about, once again, it's like, sometimes, uh, this is another aspect about like getting signed it's like you got to remember that it's a partnership like you don't work for them right you see what i'm saying yes. they work for you yes. you know what i mean it's you're doing this thing together and so like you don't have to 
say yes to something just because it comes across your desk. Right. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes I think there's like a pressure that, you know, we feel like as directors or, you know, whoever it is of like, oh, my agent put me up for this or like sent me this script or whatever. Right. And like, you know, maybe I should tell them I'm interested in it, you know, so they don't, it's like, yeah. nah, like just be real. You know what I mean? And there was stuff coming across the desk that just wasn't really for me. Right. You see what I'm saying? And like, I want to get back to making my stuff and I needed something that was a little bit longer as well. Like all my stuff that I've done, you know, was like, under 15 minutes right. you know, I feel like I needed something to show that I can handle storytelling in more of a long format with some of the TV and feature stuff that I'm going to be doing yeah. and so You Shoot Videos came about you partnered with Adorama you yeah. know, who, who sponsored the project how did that come to be was that through your agency and everything they found like a partner for it no that was you yeah it was my own relationship yeah wow. man yeah so um, Adorama was sponsoring me for about a year before okay um, for the DP stuff I was doing and so uh, hit them up I pitched them my idea which I'm so glad they say yes it's kind of radical idea yeah it, <laughs> you know is. I mean? it's it kinda, is it's kind of radical and also like if you think of like most people are like yeah no one cares about those guys yeah, well, <laughs> well i mean if you, if you just kind of think of like the subject matter and like you know the fact there's like a gun yeah. in the story you know what i mean it's like for a brand to attach to it it's <laughs> like eh. and he get he gets shot at yeah 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 <laughs> at the end i mean it's kind of it's a little <laughs> bit radical yeah. you know what i mean and so like at first i was just like i don't know if they're gonna go for it i'm gonna pitch it though and like you know jacob like shout out to jacob who was is the head you know a marketing guy at arama really really good guy and he was a producer on it it's like let's do it you see what i said they jumped right in and so showed so much support and and we made it bro and so that's another thing it's like we we can't realize we can't expect like our agents our managers like we've got to take our careers in our own hands yeah. at every level like right. will smith is will smith because he's will smith Facts. not because it's caa right not because it's just like it's will smith yeah. same thing ben yeah. you know what i mean right like you are who you are because it's who you are and it's what you make and it's your heart and it's yeah. how you create you feel me and so that's the same thing how i try to approach mart with everything i make it's like with intention if i'm Man. gonna make it it's because i'm passionate about it you feel right. me yeah damn bro that's so crazy so what was like the partnership were you just seeking out like funding for it and that stuff because you go back to kansas city you shot everything in kansas city yeah. yep you had some talent crazy talent yeah man everyone killed that shit thank you bro man you. killed it yeah, shout out to everybody you know jamie addison uh darnell um denzel whitaker i mean every line in the in the credit line shout out to these people like yeah, everyone yeah, PD, that put, my man. boy pd mcgee rufus burns i mean the entire squad was just was just really terrific man i love the dude that finds inspiration and in wanting to help him out and becomes his boy aaron yeah man like for the like that's like the illest thing is for me coming out to california like i resonate with it so well because to me i just wanted to elevate like my homie andrew who's gave me my first opportunity when i moved out here in chris brown's documentary but he was directing it and i just wanted to find ways to elevate what he was doing so i could help him out in his process because i didn't know anything about production i just moved out here i'm living on the floor i don't understand it and I was like, yo, can I, what, what do you need? Like, do you need coffee? You want to refill? Do you want me, do you need help? Do you want me to open up the project for you? You want me to do any of this? You know what I mean? Like dump footage, whatever. Uh, him just being like, yo, let me carry your Pelican, bro. Like, I'm like, yeah, that's who every, everyone getting started should be him. Yeah, like f find the inspiration however you can and be a part of the picture however you can. It doesn't have to be like the glam. You don't need to wait till you get a call to, to be the shooter or to be that, whatever it is. I love that. Like that. I'm so glad that piece is out there because so many people are going through that kid's path. Yeah. You went through that path. I went through that. Like we all, all somehow story, end up bro. in that. You know what I mean? It's it's all it. 
that that's the biggest thing I wanted people to take away from it. That that's not just my story. That's not just Moji's story. Right. That's your story. Right. You know what I mean? That's these guys' story. It's yeah. like it's something that we can all really share on this journey as filmmakers. You yeah. know, is uh, all these through lines that you see in that film is something that we can really share collectively. That's why I really think it's such a special film. Is that I, I hope so many people felt heard through it. You know right. what I mean? And felt like uh, like understood like yeah. that. You know, there I got so many really amazing, you know, notes and messages and, and oh, emails of people imagine. who were just like, bro, like, like I was thinking about like stopping, you know, until I saw this and I really felt represented for the first time. I didn't feel so alone. Damn. So I mean, this this business can get lonely, especially when you're starting yes. out, bro. Yes. I mean, you can get really, really lonely, man. Right. So just to to in some way like encourage someone to like let them know like no keep going yeah. man just like keep going keep going you can get exactly where you want bro no greater feeling uh we i literally sat here and watched it right there and then i think dave came in and i was like watch dude you have to watch this like tonight when we get done like i just pounded through this Thank and i'm like sitting here rewatching scenes i'm like this thing is amazing i'm Thank like you, it's man. so real but like to go back to that where did you meet to find the story like where did you meet him because he was like from he's a florida shooter yeah he's, he's a from florida, florida guy yeah so i was uh uh i was shooting a project for the nfl in florida we we brought him on he dm'd me like a few months before like yo man he's just that you know it was really really dope he was just like a fan of the work whatever you need i got you exactly yeah. man he was just hungry you know right. I, and I, I checked out his ig i'm like this kid's he's got some talent man. yeah and you know i just spec work yeah anything you can do to that's but that look how quickly that gave you the 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 window of time where you go to see if it's worth like eh, could be a weirdo and you go and look like ah no if they can understand that at least then all right yeah that's man. so important yeah just just a good kid and yeah i could tell you had a good heart and so i said yo like uh, i think i'll be down there soon you know what i mean if this ends up happening like i'll pass your name on to production we'll see if we could bring you on so it ended up working out and at lunch you know he was just kind of um like a little bit uh distant from like kind of everyone he was just you could just kind of tell a lot was on his mind so i was like yo you good and he was like yeah i'm kind of going through a little bit of you know he's like can i talk to you i said yeah you could you gotta tell you something something you could tell me anything bro and he tells me about this story with this cat you know who's waving a gun you know on set yeah yeah the shot goes off and you know goes to the you know goes through the lens of the camera and rick says out like the camera literally saved his life saved his life he told me that man and like you know, I was sitting, I was just so moved, you know, at the, at this young man and this, I mean, this dude could have been dead three days earlier. Like that's. It happened three days before your shoot. Three days before the shoot, bro. Man. Yeah. The shoot was on a Monday that happened to him on Friday. So this really traumatic thing happened to this young man. And he's right back to it. He's right back to it, man. You know, right back on the horse. And so, uh, for him to share that with me, I just felt, I felt I was really moved, you know, that he would feel, um, you know that he would he share that with me you know and I, and I told him right away look dude like I don't know when I'm gonna be able to do it but I really want to tell the story because it really reminded me of very similar experiences you know maybe experiences you had of yes. like you know you ain't got no business doing it but you're in these situations with cats yeah and, you know they got guns and you're filming yep. them you're doing the low angle with the yep. wide angle so the <laughs> gun looks mega big you feel yep. me it's like you know you're in these situations bro and like the fact that he almost lost his life over that bro it's like i'm like man i have to tell the story i have to let people know that, that like yeah man like i it get i get kind of a, choked up even thinking about it bro because it's just like it's just hard man it's just like it's so and I, I love that kid so much, bro. And it's just so hard being in that situation and just not knowing, not knowing what to do on your path, you know. Right. And it not, you know, in that moment, he could have just given up. 
and just said like this isn't for me like in the fact that like he had enough heart to like show back up and like want to like better his situation like find his way and now he's he's continuing to get better and better every you know every time out man it's just like it's just beautiful man and like i was just so honored and and moved to tell that story you know so, so. incredible bro yeah man i'm so glad you did that 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 i mean for him too how moving like yeah man <clears throat> but it's so crazy like how how stupid this shit can be over like to me the the worst part about it is i feel like these these kids and and anyone in production is always like the lowest on the food chain right but the the most needed oh yeah man that's right like these people the rappers of course all these people and for us it's like well we look up to these music videos and we want to do that and so it's like the first option you guys the only option you got is to shoot these shady music videos for no money and at some point can get dumb dangerous and like for you to showcase that the way you did is a good for the community b it's good for literally the people to understand what it's like to be in these positions that's exactly it bro it's like so many people don't know the grind that we all we've all gone through and yeah. some are still really going through in a very very real way like just trying to survive and trying to like reach our dreams and our goals in this business man and it's it's just not it's just not easy man no it's crazy it's just not um so you drop that in the same you know same thing happens again you're getting the storm of uh publicity on it like um do you recall anything from that piece? Like, what what was like uh, for you? I mean, that's me. Reach, I hit you up right away. Yeah. I was like, oh, cool. He just responded back to me. Dope. Power of the this dumbass blue check mark because I literally had just got. <laughs> this is funny because I was like, I need to get my account verified so when I DM people for podcasts, it sticks out in their messages. Sure. Like, I, I send you that same message. I guarantee you had ten thousand of them, and I would have got lost in the abyss. But it's like that's so funny but that was like the first time it worked like it like just happened and i was like oh no and then i messaged you and you like responded around i'm like oh cool he saw that it like worked i'm like i hope i get him on the show like that was so incredible i need to hear this story you know um but like what what was the response for you like what you know releasing it did you do any like screenings or anything like i feel like it just was on the internet yeah man it's funny like you know adorama and like there was a lot of conversation around like how you want to distribute it i'll be honest man i'm like I just want to get this out to the people. Like, I want to get it out to the people who, like, who I made this for, which was people who started how we did. Right. You know what I mean? Like, in the gutter, like, just trying to make it work, bro. So, like, that's the biggest thing with it. Because there was talks about, like, oh, maybe we do festivals and, like, so there, get it adapted. I'm like, I want to get this to the people, bro. Right. Like, at a grassroots level, I don't want there to be a high barrier of entry for people to be able to see this. I want to get it to the people right away in a way they can watch it very very simply and very very easily and so right. direct to internet release really put it up on my vimeo you know right. just very 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 simple with it and uh you know had a little bit of a distribution strategy with with adorama that we worked out with how we'd push it initially but and then it was just really organic bro crazy which is i think the best type of traction bro. of course when it's organic i never want people to like feel gamed or manipulated yeah. or marketed to it's like nah like i want you to watch this because you want to watch it yeah you know what i mean absolutely and, and that's why i think once again it was it really resonated with people is they can feel like my intention was very pure and it was bro i just want people to feel this and like see what we go through and what right. <laughs> what we've gone through to try and like make this dream happen absolutely so um so yeah man like so much support right off rip bro just like you know countless dms i, f- I really feel bad because there's so many people i, I just couldn't respond yeah, to it's impossible um you know, but I mean, just so much support and so many people just saying they f- how how heard they felt. You right. know, they, I feel heard, bro. Like I've never felt like my st- you you told my story. Yeah, you know what I mean, bro. Yeah. I'm just like that's an honor, man. Like I don't. There's no higher honor than that for somebody like for you to like tell somebody's story and them to feel themselves through that story in like right. a real way, bro. 
oh my goodness dude it was i was a i was a puddle for a day fam. Just for <laughs> real, looking at these things i'm just like damn dude like like the power of what we get a chance to do yeah you know what i mean like yeah. how beautiful is that what a blessing fam, know, man. you know that's hard work that's years of anticipation and, and yeah, struggle bro. you know what i mean that's right yeah man. so with that coming out like what you know moving forward at you've been teasing stuff on instagram all the time like coming soon or something like i'm like what are these stills from you know oh, I mean, yeah. like so you're moving into obviously you're creating way more you you have another stuff up your sleeve yeah, like what is your plan now with that coming out like how did that elevate the trajectory of where you're going to go now like from yeah. bel-air to signing is one thing and then to create this as your your i don't know if it was the second piece that you've done since then but one that took storm right you know what i mean how'd that shake things up for you yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, it really, um, I think one thing that it allowed me to do is hone my craft <clears throat> in, in something that uh, that's long form, right? And so I think of like the features that I want to make and the feature ideas and the TV ideas and the, the, the TV projects that I have in the works right now for next year, you know, doing something that's 40 minutes, you know, putting 40 minutes on screen. Right. I, I mean, that I learned so much from that experience about yeah. like how to how to to meaningfully tell a story in that way, you know, and and once again just getting better at it. So like having that bit of collateral to say like no, like I've done long form now, right. you know what I mean? That's so valuable as I step into these uh, these new opportunities in 2020 and beyond with what I want to be doing, which is long form, yeah, you know, long form storytelling, bro. So uh, a lot of very very exciting stuff in the works, man. And I'm I'm just really excited to to tell these stories. <sighs> man fam like there's just it, it's a i don't know i just feel blessed bro like like sometimes i wake up and i'm just like it just it feels like like i'm still the same kid in line buying the t2i man. right like i, I really mean that dude yeah. so anybody who's watching if like just know that like you can do it i promise you like like you can do it man like that's where it all started and i'm the same kid with the t2i bro man so. i love this I love this interview. <laughs> uh, I have, let me open this. I have some questions from uh, our community too. Oh. I want to get to those before we, we wrap it up. Cause okay. You're an important dude. We tried to get this interview like months ago. Oh man. I know yeah, you were swamped. I was like, I trust me. I understand. Yeah, bro. I'm, I'm glad to be sitting down with you and you inspire me, bro. Just seeing what you're doing and, you know, not only with your work being amazing, you know, just this, this community that you're cultivating. I'm, I'm blessed to, to, to sit with you man and then hopefully if somebody walks away with something I mean that's you know that, that's that'd be a, that blesses me you know what I mean yeah, thank you no, that's the goal bro like it, it, we gotta help everyone else because it's just not easy to navigate through you know what I mean it's not man it's not it's a, well you know it's people like you that's what we gotta do <laughs> so it's a labyrinth man. um let's see let's see let's bang through some of these questions okay. some of this we might have you know you might have touched on but we'll get back to it um what is the hardest lesson you've this is from my boy Kaiser what is the hardest lesson that you've ever had to learn being a creator and when can we expect a future length uh Bel Air uh, yeah but you got that question a million times oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh so the, the first question was um what's the what's the hardest lesson you've ever had to learn being a creator hardest lesson i've ever had to learn being a creator um you got to understand how to let go i think that's the biggest thing um sometimes you'll make something well i think oftentimes probably every time you make something you look back and you say oh, if i'd have done this this right. this i wish i'd you gotta let go right it's out there let it go understand that like that's a feeling that will never change and so if you can find a way to move past that yeah uh you can truly grow but if you're holding on and like hanging on to these things right that really 
it's one thing like learn from it like kind of reshape your thinking and say oh like i should have done that but like the second you drift into the negative and say oh i should have done that therefore like that's a bad piece right it's not true right it's not true yeah it's just a lesson right and it's it's baby steps and so being able to let go i think is very very important it's like that next play mentality even when you're on set you know and say you know you shot a scene and you know, your AD is rushing you or something like that. And you're like, fuck, five, five more minutes, let it go. Yep. <laughs> it's done. Yep. Like you can't let that taint what you're about to shoot next. Like the, the next half, you still got, you still got a crew to lead. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so if you're a DP, a director, like you still got an entire crew that's looking to you. So like as a leader, you have to learn to let go. Yeah. I love that. That's great advice. Yeah. Um, let's see. Jackie says, what's the most memorable one-liner piece of advice that you've ever gotten? Ooh, one-liner piece of advice I've ever gotten. Keep it jazz. Keep it jazz. Yep. Who said that? My homie Conductor Williams. Shout out Denzel, man. Damn. Uh, Cat in Kansas City, who incredible beat maker, man. My, my boy D. Keep it jazz, fam. Like, I like that. You know what I mean? It's I, he always said something, and like I really think about. It, I'm like, damn, like, because something that's really prevalent in my style is like a very particular way I light. You see right. what I'm saying? Like very detailed is yeah. like really my style. That's right. really where I really zone in. But I gotta sit there. I'm like, if I could have absolutely everything perfect, would I even want that? Right. Cause like the second is perfect, it loses. You've stopped being interested. Yeah, it loses texture too. You're like, like oh, I'm the greatest, greatest. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, well, I mean, like, like at a grassroots level, like with the frame, it's like the dirt. You know, the texture. Mm. Like that's texture. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And that's jazz. Like when them cats, like Miles, you yeah. know, like Miles and Coltrane, a little squeaker, like a note that was fucked up a little yeah. bit. Like that was the flavor. Right, right, right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That was like the, that was the grit. You yeah. see what I'm saying? That's what made it raw. And mm. like some of my favorite. Uh, there's this, this song called Blue and Green okay. off Miles Davis' uh, that kind of blue record and he plays this like high note and he like kind of kind of like squeaks a little yeah. bit like or you know kind of flubs it a little bit with right. the horn or whatever and that's not my favorite part of it yeah 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 and that's the jazz and what we do you see what I'm saying because so they could redo it like they could uh, we can make that better 100% they could have gone back like nah I don't want that but it's like that's the flavor and yeah. rawness and authenticity that's, that's what makes it human so true keep it jazz yeah. man keep it jazz I like that uh, Mark says how did you grow from a one man band videographer to having your own crew like what was yeah I guess what would have been the time where you did transition and you found like wow this is crazy I have this person helping me this person helping me but I'm, you're so used to doing flying a jersey in a two bags two bags <laughs> carry on you yeah. know what I mean yeah man um, it's hard to say like one defining moment but you know with the inquiries I was getting you know there was more money involved and right. so you have a few choices especially if you're doing like direct to client stuff it's like we've got 10 grand to do this so right. you can do you can do two things. The first thing you could do is say, I'm going to keep all that bread and do it myself. Yep. I'm going to bang it out. Yep. I'm going to try to figure it out. But the thing about it, the work isn't going to be as good. And you're going to be stressed as shit. And you're going to be stressed as shit. You're going to be stressed, yes. right? And so, so that's the first thing you do. The second thing you do is say, you can break bread and say, okay, like I'm going to bring on a little crew for this. Mm. And I'm going to free up myself for, uh, I'm going to free up more bandwidth and make a better piece that will find me better opportunities in the future. Right. So you, you can play for now. I'll say this in YouTube videos there's now money and then there's future money. Yeah. You see what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I love that. So if you want to play small ball forever, keep the bread now mm. and your work won't get better. Yeah. You got to play for the future money. That's so tight. Make better work. You, people come in and they'll have more money to offer mm. higher you know higher tier clients will come in right you know what i'm saying yeah. so that's the transition don't be greedy right break bread make better work and yeah. i promise you it'll all work out in the end facts um let's see we got two more and eh, one more the one one's just like a straight compliment this is a great and relatable film loved it wow talking about, <laughs> talking about you shoot videos oh, um you. but the last thing was from key and Key says, what was it like finding talent? Well, we talked about that for YouTube videos. Did you already have some actors in mind or did you find a crew that could adapt to roles in the film? 
um love the film that shit was fire so i guess for them they're just saying for the actors like did you have anyone specific while you were writing that you were like oh this person's definitely gonna play him or her you know what i mean yeah no good questions um, the rappers are so good yeah, yeah. are they real rappers <laughs> are you talking about bricks and uh yeah and oh yeah recent yeah yeah so okay. those cats are actually like mcs as yeah. well yeah man because um, they had the swag t- to it and like it you know what i mean it was just like it was great 100 percent. So the interesting one one big uh, one quick little, little note before i answer that question um <laughs> So those tracks, like those actual songs, were from different cats. Like the cats who actually recorded the songs were different people. Really? Yeah, they were different people, and they made those songs just for the for film. the film. Yeah. That's dope. So my boy Rashid is actually my cousin in really? Portland. Yeah, he's based in Portland. My boy Rashid did uh, the Street God joint yeah. for Tez at the yeah. beginning. So that was that was my so boy. hard. Yeah, that was my boy Rashid, and then uh, my boy Easy McCoy. He's based in Portland as well. He did the song at the end, the Bricks joint. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so they they came through and, and blessed us with that man. So big shout out to them. Man. Terrific, terrific artist. Killed it. Yeah, fam. So um, so yeah. In terms of in terms of the casting, bro, like we're really diligent. It's funny. So like Moji in my mind was uh, Ashton Sanders. Okay. Who's uh, he's like Chiron in Moonlight. Oh yeah. Uh, the the teenager. Yeah. Like I always felt like he he gave me that energy, um, and so we reached out to him, but he was unavailable for oh, it. Damn. But it's funny. Denzel reached out to me on IG. Uh, Denzel Whitaker about another project that he was actually producing and Whoa. so he was like yo dude like would love to talk to you about this like producing this project would see if you're interested so we jumped on a call and bro we just were talking about life and all this stuff yeah. and I, I think like a day before I got the news that Ashton couldn't do it so I was back to the drawing board right, with right, my right. lead for Moji and so we're just talking we're talking and he's just telling me like about his story and what he's doing he's like yeah man I was shooting low budget music a lot of people don't know it's like I'm shooting music videos and like trying to like grind with my little Sony he was Denzel <laughs> And so I was like, oh my. <laughs> and so he, here he is pitching me on his project. I'm about to pitch him. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> you feel me? While I have you. Yeah, <laughs> bro, literally, I saw the conversation where I said, bro, I don't think this is by accident. So I'm just going to go ahead and tell you about what I'm trying to do. I'm making this film called You Shoot Videos. And point blank period, I think, like I told him that bluntly, like I think you're Moji. I think you're this character. I'm going to send you the script, read it. And we worked it out. You know, he's working on The Purge as well in New Orleans. Yeah. And so like there was a little bit of a scheduling, you know, some scheduling things we had to work out, but man, he fell in love with it. And so that was just like the universe. That's wild. Yeah, fam. That's how that came about, man. Like I didn't, I had no idea Denzel was going to be Moji, but yeah. So that's, that's how it came about. And then everyone else, um, Jamie Addison, who played Chloe talking about the spec work. Right. Uh, I had her in mind for that character. I kind of wrote that yeah. with her in mind. Uh, she's based off some other women in my life who like gave me some game like right. coming up. Right. But um, I knew right off the bat she'd be perfect for that. And then Rufus Burns, that's uh, my boy, close collaborator with Thickest Thieves fam. Um, I knew he'd play Dante, his brother. Yeah. So those were mine. Everyone else, man, you know, we casted. We that's put out. Crazy. We casted the net and. Uh, PD, I'd known PD for a long time. We'd been wanting to work together. We played Tez. Okay. Uh, yeah. The rap at the beginning. Right. Bricks. He killed it. Yeah, Lou. I knew Lou who played Bricks. Um, I knew him for a minute. And uh, Darnell, I'd never worked with Darnell, uh, who played Aaron. Yeah. The, the friend. Yeah. Um, lives in LA. He's from the town too, though. He's from Kansas City. We had a ton of mutual friends. <sighs> Go to the same barber. Like, that's my guy. Right, right, right. And, uh, you know, we'd been talking for a minute and he read for this and killed it. And so that's how we... We, we all join forces, fam. It's crazy, so. bro. It's crazy how that all comes together. It's a blessing, bro. Yeah. Ain't it a miracle that anything, like, how, that films get made? Yes. I mean, there's so many moving parts and so many things that have to come into play, bro. It's just a 
it's just every time like you rap something, it's just like, man, I'm Because so it could have been someone else. It could have been anybody else that did this and that and it didn't make sense. You know That's what I mean? Right. Yeah. But every, all the pieces of the puzzle were there. That's what's ill about that. That's exactly right, bro. That's so exactly crazy, right, man. That's so incredible. The, um, damn, yeah. There's like, you could ask a million questions about this shit. Because this is such a, yeah, it was such a good piece. I hope everyone listening has you, at least as soon as you're done with this after you subscribe to our YouTube channel you should go and watch his stuff subscribe, and subscribe man. to his whole subscribe. thing too because it is insane like these pieces are so and watch fire. all these interviews bro like seriously so much wisdom that you're offering people and all of the guests before you know just it's just a really really special thing so thank you for uh, for being you bro and thank you for doing this man it means a lot to a lot of people fam for uh, real I appreciate so. that dude Don, thanks for coming uh, before I have you go um, so this is what I do I'll tell everyone that's listening if they made it this far into the interview we're like an hour 30 an hour 30 uh um, to go to your Instagram, right? Okay. They're gonna go yeah, to your Instagram, yeah. and they're gonna tag me at Ben Reverse World, and they're gonna put this hashtag that you're about to pick, so that we both know that they made it this far into the podcast and listened to it. Okay. So they may whatever your most recent post is by the time you're listening, whoever's listening to this right now, they're gonna go find this thing. It could be a year from now, but okay. that way we know. My favorite thing is this: when I tell people this, they look at the logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they I'm just always like, look at is the there logo. a play on yeah. words? You huh, saying? Huh. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Anything Ooh. you want. Say anything you what want. What you thinking, bro? You got something? No, nah, you can't talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> is that cheating? Is that yeah. cheating? No, no, um, no, no. Uh, let's see. He had Ooh. an answer immediately after every question, and I stunned <laughs> him with this one. I stunned him with this one. Oh, my Lord, man. Uh, dang, fam. I always want to help, but this I'll never tough. do it. Oof. Well, give me give me an example of some of the past ones. How about that? Uh, yeah. I mean, it can range, bro. Like, um, what was uh? Damn, honestly, I get I forget. One of my friends, he's a rapper. His name's Cal. He just said, "Eat my ass." That was weird. Uh, <laughs> someone said Trump. I don't know, and that was one. Okay. Uh, what are uh, some other ones? Some funny ones. I like that. Yeah, Damn yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep it jazz. That's that's the one I wanted to say, and then he gave you up the. St- I wanted to see oh, what so you came up with. Cahoots? No, that's what I was thinking. I would be like, keep it jazz hey, is fire, keep but you ain't saying man. it yet. Hashtag keep it jazz. There we go. Um, yeah. Anything else that you want people to do? Follow you, anything, whatever you want. Uh, you know, hit me I'll up. I'll put all the links in the description. Yeah, yeah man. Uh, you know, just know that um, this is possible. I think that's the biggest thing. Please don't just don't stop, man. Keep going. Um, you know, keep tuning in to, to Black With No Cream. It's a really, really important platform that Thank you're you, providing and it's, it's a beautiful thing. So just keep going, keep striving. And, you know, every time you pick up the camera, just try and get a little bit better, take mm. small steps forward every day. And you'll be, I promise you, you'll be where you want to be probably sooner than you think. So just push yourself creatively, man. Let the creative drive you. So Love this. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it, man. Of course. For real. I'm like, of course, this man. was a good interview. Thanks for having Thank, me. No, family, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. That's it for episode 142. Huge thanks to Morgan Cooper for coming on the show. Listen, each week I'm interviewing some of the most talented creators in the world. If you've ever wanted to ask them a question directly, now is your motherfucking chance. By becoming a member of our Patreon community, you can... uh be a part of the Q&A experience with each of our guests. Not only do our Patreon members get to have their name and question read right on the podcast, but they also get to access all the other amazing perks that we have to offer, like bonus podcast episodes, exclusive live streams, detail behind the scenes, breakdowns, and so much more. You can check out all of our perks over at jointhehomies.com. We appreciate you guys for listening to this episode. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram at Black Window Cream. And make sure to send this podcast out to anyone else that you think would benefit from hearing it. Because uh, we love you. And we'll see you in a few days, you bitch.